So what is the difference between nurse practitioners and physicians? I get this question a lot. And the other day I was on uh, social media and there was this doctor saying that she talks about nurse practitioners because they're not equivalent to doctors. So first of all, I don't think there's a single nurse practitioner out there that is claiming to be equivalent to doctors. Now I get it. There's probably some people on the fringes that say they are better or equivalent or the training is the same. I have not found that to be the case. The nurse practitioners that I've worked with and the ones that I've seen do not in any way consider themselves physicians by any means. This other doctor online was saying that, well, nurse practitioners are good at treating the sniffles and the common cold and family practice type stuff, but they're not doctors. So first of all, they're not claiming to be doctors. And I disagree that they're only good at treating the sniffles or an upper respiratory infection or prescribing you inhalers. First of all, I vehemently agree, disagree with that. That is not the case at all. I will put my nurse practitioners up against anybody. We have nurse practitioners that work with us that are cardiac nurse practitioners that see the sickest of the sick, patients that are, you know, cardiac patients, vasculopaths, had heart attacks, had strokes, had every cardiac condition you can possibly imagine. I'll put them up against any doctor, obviously that's not a cardiologist, bring me any orthopod, any family practice, any doctor that is not cardiology. Our nurse practitioners know how to take care of cardiology patients better than those doctors. Those doctors know that. There's no family doctor or internal medicine doctor in the world that thinks they know how to take care of post-valve patients. Now, sure, if you're working more re rural regions and you're like the only doctor, in, you know, within a 200 mile radius, sure. And I, and I work with a lot of those doctors and they are brilliant at taking care of everything. You know, I work with a lot of them. That's not what I'm saying. The average doctor in a normal city, big city doctor, over 100,000 people, the internal medicine, the hospitalists, the family practice doctors, the physiatrists, the neurologists, the orthopedic surgeons, the general surgeons, all those doctors do not take care of cardiac patients the way our cardiac nurses do. So I don't think those people are claiming that they are better. But this doctor that was online calling out nurse practitioners saying they're not doctors is a little bit disingenuous because first of all, they don't claim to be doctors. Second of all, why does that matter? Who's who's saying that they're doctors? I don't know anyone it's a nurse practitioner that's being, being like, yeah, by the way, I'm a doctor. I mean, yes, there are doctors of nursing degrees and, you know, they mostly teach. They don't go around introducing themselves as doctors, though. I mean, maybe at some point in the future they would. I have no idea. But I would put up my nurse practitioners against anyone, especially the more advanced cases of heart failure, heart attacks and whatnot. Now, sure, there's always this internist or hospitalist or someone else. It's like, well, doc, you know, I take care of the sickest of the sick. I'm the one that takes care of the ICU patients. I'm the one that does this. Okay, you're not the average then. You are very good at what you do. You've developed these skills because that's the position you've been put in. And I know probably a lot of my friends are going to message me and say, doc, you're wrong. You know, we take much better care than nurse practitioners do. Maybe. But that doesn't mean that what this doctor was saying is accurate, that the only thing nurse practitioners are good at is taking care of the sniffles or taking care of the really sick uh, patients. She went on to say, well, our training is different. Well, sure, our training is is definitely different. They first become nurses. They don't go to medical school. They don't do anatomy. Like They don't do what we do. They do their own version 
of a lot of these things. A lot of them had to be nurses in the field to become nurse practitioners, obviously. She said that, well, the, the, the amount of hours that they do clinically is different. She said they only do about 600, maybe 700 hours, and we do 10 to 20,000 hours clinically. Yes, obviously, because when we do clinicals, we have no idea what we're going to be. I have to do some surgery, you know, six months or whatever it was, three months of surgery, because what if I decide to be a surgeon? I have to do three months of internal medicine, because what if I decide to be an intern? So I have to do two months of this, two months of that, gynecology, psychology, whatever, so you can be a well-rounded medical student so that by the time it comes to pick a profession or to pick a field, you have tasted everything and know a little bit about everything so you can decide at that point what you want to be. You need to know a little bit about everything. So that, I don't think anybody's debating that. No one is saying that they had the equivalent amount of clinical hours uh, as you. So I don't think that's an issue. She's saying also that the scope of practice may be different. In some states, nurse practitioners and physician's assistants can practice without a doctor uh, overseeing them. Yes, some states allow that. They have more independent practices. Some don't. I don't control that. Neither do you. Um, if you're going to live your life with a scarcity mindset, where you're afraid of everyone taking your job, then get better at your job. And I've had this conversation with other physicians. There's this whole Facebook group online dedicated to our nurse practitioners taking over the medical field. And, you know, they're trying to pass legislation and keeping these horror stories. Oh my God, this nurse practitioner did this and this nurse practitioner did that. Well, how about we do that with doctors too? How about we look at the horrific things doctors have done over the years? I'm a cardiologist. I've seen some stuff that's like, wait, what? Your doctor told you what? I've seen patients come to me after they've seen another cardiologist even, or, not, or you know, and, and their cardiologist was like, eh, your cholesterol's okay. We don't, you know, we can just watch it. What the actual hell are you talking about? Their LDL cholesterol is 170. They have been building plaque for 20 years, and you're telling them, nah, it's okay. That is malpractice, worse than any amount of malpractice you could ever see from um, a nurse practitioner or a PA because, you know, at least they know their limits. They're like, hey, you know, your LDL is high. If they at least follow the guidelines, they'll put them on something. And that's all you can ask for. So I've seen it from all fields, doctors that are not doing their job or they have like they ha they think they're enlightened and they think they they know more than the guidelines and the people. Well, I, you know, statins are bad for you. I've done my research. Look, dude, first of all, you're not a cardiologist. What are you talking? And even if they are a cardiologist, like, dude, what are you talking about? If literally there are like billions and billions of studies on this topic now, and you are an N of one, you are a single person out there that believes this. Every single society from the Australians to the Europeans, to the Americans, to the Canadians, Mexican, South American, every cardiovascular society in the world has guidelines that are about the same. You cannot possibly be smarter than the 8 billion guidelines that these people affect. Like you, you are not like the most genius doctor that has ever blessed this planet earth to walk on. You thinking that statins aren't helpful or an LDL cholesterol of 190 is okay is complete nonsense. Uh, if you were that good and that smart about it and you think it's actually true, then go to these guideline writing committees, present your evidence and let's see if they agree with you that we should let people's LDLs ride to 190, right? So I don't think that that criticism was accurate either. She said, well, 
you know, some of these nurses, you know, you should see like, like that Facebook group I was talking about. They're like, well, you know, you should see what some of these nurse practitioners do. Well, you should see what some doctors do. I mean, am I right? Doctors are listening to this. You agree with me? I mean, it's absolutely true. I've seen some stuff that our own colleagues do. That's just like, whoa, what? They gave him what? You know, and then, and sometimes it's just outdated, you know, like sometimes it's, uh, you know, somebody has a high cholesterol and we put them on phenofibrate. Like, wait, they only have a high LDL and you put them on phenofibrate. Like it's not a triglyceride thing. You haven't tried anything else. You didn't even try diet and exercise. Like you didn't do anything. You just took this person out of the blue and you felt the need to put them on this medication that is not a part of the guidelines in the way that you are using it. But you think this is a good medication for this person for what reason? Like, you know, I'm trying to understand why is this person on phenofibrate? Like I get these patients all the time where another doctor, this is not nurse practitioners, people. This is an actual doctor. Put a patient on phenofibrate for an elevated LDL. Yes, it can lower your LDL. But why did we select a phenofibrate first? Why? Explain that one to me. There's no logic for it. This is not guidelines. This is not my experience tells me this. This is not anything. You are going against the guidelines and selecting something that is not guideline based at all and is not benefiting the patient as much. Sure, we can make their triglycerides look better and it might lower their LDL a little. And But the problem with fibrates is they're, they're, they have issues. They're a little more toxic. They're less tolerated lot more side effects when they combine with other things they can even be more problematic especially the older one gemfibrazil the newer one phenofibrate not so much but still it's not guideline directed therapy so the other thing is like doctors fear nurse practitioners obviously this is more in primary care you know some of my friends who are hospitalists or internal medicine doctors they fear nurse practitioners taking over medicine they're like you know, it's not, you know, they're, they're putting nurse practitioners in as hospitalists. They're taking calls. They're doing this. They're doing that. Well, look, my, I'm a free, free market capitalist. I studied economics and finance in college. I love free market economics. If you want to prove your worth and you want to show that you are better then be better. All right. If you think you're better than a nurse practitioner and you are more valuable, show me your value. Show me that you are better. Show me that your outcomes are better. Show me this. Yes, obviously this has been studied. Present those studies. Be vocal about it. I'm not saying like rag on nurse practitioners, but you need to provide value. Well, and there's and there's these other people that are like, well, these nurse practitioners opening up their own offices. Of course they're going to. Like, why wouldn't you? If you have the right to do it in certain states or certain areas, why would you not open your own office and try to have your own panel of patients? Long term, it's not lucrative. Uh, especially for a nurse practitioner, because the malpractice, you know, an overhead cost will catch up with you. I'm pretty certain of that. Um, just like eventually solo practitioner physicians can't stay afloat. Um, once the malpractice numbers catch up and go up, they're going to have trouble staying afloat and staying staying alive, you know, just like doctors are, just like doctors' uh, private practices are. So I don't think it makes a lot of sense to come at it from that viewpoint where, we're saying nurse practitioners shouldn't be taking over medicine. They're not. They're not taking over medicine. What they are doing is doing what they're allowed to do. And if you want to be better, then be better. A lot of these doctors are like, well, I don't do any procedures. I'm an internist. I'm a hospitalist. I'm a family doctor. There are procedures you can do in the, in your 
uh, clinic, your knee injections. There's all kinds of stuff you can do. So show your value then. If you're a doctor and you're running in a, uh, in a weight loss clinic, show us why you are better at weight loss than, you know, John Smith, the, the nurse practitioner next door who is just giving out Ozempic shots, for example. And I talk about this in another podcast, you know, these pop-up Ozempic clinics. Everybody wants to pop up Ozempic clinic. In fact, I had a bunch of, uh, you know, some some entrepreneurial f- friends ask me, they're like, hey, you know, do you know any nurse practitioners we can hire? We're trying to open up Ozempic clinics. Like, uh, weird, but I'm not going to give you my nurse practitioners. They're freaking amazing. Um, but still, that's what you're up against. You're up against the quick hit, quick money-making schemes and you have to prove that you are better instead of talking negatively about a field that's not going anywhere. Nurse practitioners and physician assistants aren't going anywhere. Instead of talking them down and saying why people shouldn't see them and how much better you are, show your superiority, show that you're better, show that you know more, show that you have better outcomes and better results, you know? You know, don't sit there and be on the defensive and be reactive. Whenever you're being reactive, and you're not, you know, being proactive, you're going to look silly and you're going to look like you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. We don't want that. We don't need that in medicine. There's also a little bit of the scarcity mindset. I did a whole video, I think, um, maybe it was a podcast actually on scarcity and abundance in medicine. In medicine, we need to have an abundant mindset. Let everyone come and play doctor. All right. I'm just being like a little bit facetious here, but like carried out to the you know, worst possible case scenario or like the most extreme example sometimes brings the, when you, when you use the most extreme example, sometimes it brings home the point. But let's say we allowed everyone to practice medicine. Everyone can play medicine. My neighbors, my dog, you know, my friends, uh, whoever wants to be medicine and play medicine, come on down. Here's your degree. Go open up shop, play medicine. The, the market is going to, you know, sort itself out. There's going to be people who are terribly reviewed and have terrible outcomes. And there's going to be systems in place to show that and prevent it. So the public can be warned that this person does not know what the heck they're doing. And there's going to be other people that shine. They're like, man, this person's amazing. They're doing a fantastic job. They are doing it right and they're better. And this is the way to do it. So Show me that you are better. Be proactive. Don't be reactive. Don't sit there and say, oh, woe is me. You know, all these nurse practitioners, they're not as good as me, but, you know, they're taking over. No, then be better. You know, you're you're a doctor. You went through 50,000 hours of training instead of 1,000 or whatever you're saying. Then show me. Show me you know 50,000 hours worth more of medicine and can do better. People say, well, nurse practitioners are nicer. That's why everybody likes them. Then be nicer. You can't be nice. Be nicer. Well, but they're so kind and friendly. Okay, then you be kind and friendly. You be compassionate. You have empathy. These are all things doctors should be doing. We should not be the cold fish, you know, that no one wants to talk to. We don't know how to interact with people. We're socially awkward. You know, go take some classes. Learn how to talk to people. Learn how not to be socially awkward. You know, we're like, well, we're all nerds. You know, we don't know anything. Then don't be a nerd. I mean, you should be a nerd like by studying and knowing your stuff, but learn how to interact with people in a non-nerdy fashion. Like be human. Let your personality shine through. I think one of the biggest problems with physicians, we don't let our personalities shine through. We think we got to be robots. Patient walks in, you're like, hi, how are you doing? How is your blood pressure? 
What is your cholesterol today? I looked at your echocardiogram and it looks good. No problem there. Like, no. Where's your personality? Laugh with your patients. Ask them if they like fishing or golfing or, you know, if they have a boat. Like, just look at a, sh a thing on their shirt sometimes. Like, oh, hey, you went to Santa Monica? I, I was there once. Where'd you go? Like, what'd you do? They're like, be a normal person. You're going to complain that nurse practitioners are more human, more personable, more friendly. Then you do all those things. Is it not allowed? Are doctors not allowed to be friendly and personable and happy and talkative to their patients? No, there's no rule that says you can't be friendly or talkative or, you know, friendly to your patients. You could do the same thing. There's no reason not to be. Anyways, I think I probably said enough about this. So one way you can communicate with a doctor pretty much every day, me, a cardiologist, you can join my community at drallo.net slash community. I'll give you the cheat code if you use the code one month. Month is all caps, M-O-N-T-H, the number one month. Uh, you'll get the first month free. Join us on our Monday morning Zooms. See if you like it. If you do, and I almost guarantee you will, uh, you will probably stick with us forever. Anyways, that's all I got for you. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace.